Welcome to What's the Word podcast with myself, Nick Henderson, a resource that helps push you further in your faith by discussing what God's Word has to say about various topics that tend to trip up believers and keep us from advancing into the place God has for us. I'm so grateful you're tuning in today. And before we get into the content, I want to ask if this episode provides you any value that you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. Those two things help a ton. With that aside, let's jump in to today's episode. This week's episode will consist of me sharing my testimony, my personal testimony with you all. My hope is that it would encourage you and spur you on to honor God in everything that you do. My life, which has been riddled with rough times and trials to an extent, has served, I think, as a clear representation that God's goodness and plan prevails in even the worst of situations. Currently, right now, I have a life that I'm very grateful for. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Danielle. Uh, We even have a golden retriever named Louie. And I have the pleasure of serving as a pastor at a solid church, Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. And I'm very blessed and grateful for what I have today. But it hasn't always been this great. In fact, I've gone through some pretty tough times. Starting off, I was born to a single-parent home in New Orleans, Louisiana. Just my mom and I. I never knew my biological dad. The only thing I, in fact, know really of him is his name because I have his first name as my middle name, William. And that was the case at least until I was a couple years old and a man came into my life who I consider to this day to be my real father, my real dad. His name was Jerry, and he was a solid dude. And he brought into my life sports, dirt bike racing, all that great stuff, and really stepped into the necessary role of a father figure in my life. And, man, we had an incredible family dynamic up until... 2003. I was about seven or eight years old. And one thing about my dad, he was great and he was awesome, but he struggled with the drug use and abuse. And so long story short, he was involved in a construction accident in which he was prescribed pain pills. And for those of you listening who maybe do know people who are addicted to drugs or anything of that sort, uh, pain pills can be a, a really big temptation to relapse into that. And so he was prescribed these pills and what was medically called an accidental overdose, he took too many and passed away in his sleep. And I'll never forget the call my mom got from my stepbrothers just saying that dad wouldn't wake up. And that was the first of many experiences in my life of dealing with death and loss of loved ones. From there, man, our family changed drastically. My brothers went to go live with their biological mom. Uh, It was just my mom and I. And two years later, New Orleans, Louisiana, Hurricane Katrina hit. And that hurricane flooded our house. And really, we started over. And my mom decided to start over, not in New Orleans, but in Pensacola, Florida, a small town in the panhandle of Florida. She felt like that I would make better connections there, and also we had family, so it would be a good support system for us. So we moved over, and it was in Pensacola that I really blossomed. It was throughout my teenage years specifically. I fell in love with sports. I made a lot of friends, and even along the way, fell in love with Jesus Christ and committed my life 
to him. And I got connected in the church and really was thriving throughout my middle school, high school years. And these were some of my most formative and fun years of my life, looking back. It was even throughout this. Uh, I only got saved when I was probably 15, 16 years old. But even just a couple years into my walk with Christ, I knew without a doubt that I wanted to do full-time ministry. I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew that I felt like it was evident that God wanted me to do it. I had no clarity on this, had no idea what my next steps were. And so I met with the pastor of the church that I went to, Pastor Gordon Godfrey, which this home church for me was an incredible safe haven, an incredible just support system of people. And I asked him, I said, you know, pastor, I don't, I don't really know where you get pastor degrees at showing my ignorance. Uh, can you get one from like Florida state or like, where, where do you get them at? And he laughed and he said, you know, Nick, you need, you need to go get you a Bible degree. And the best place that I know to get a Bible degree is at Liberty university in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I told him, you know, I, I've never been north of Tennessee, but, you know, Virginia sounds cool, so I'm down to go. And so after a failed attempt at college baseball, I packed my bags and I headed up to Lynchburg, Virginia to attend Liberty University. And it was at Liberty that my mind was blown when it came to what the Bible held within it. You know, I, I loved Jesus. I loved studying the Bible. I, I did my quiet times. You know, I was that guy. But I never formally learned the Bible. I never really dug down and understand the precepts and the principle of God's word. And so going to a Bible college was just an incredible experience for me. And so while I was there, my sophomore semester was unbelievable, learning about the Bible, meeting people, intramurals, all that, all that great college experience stuff. I loved it. My spring semester came back and it was the same exact way. I, I loved it. I was enjoying my time. I was making friends, all that great stuff, and things were perfect until March. March 12th, I believe, I was leading a Bible study, a youth Bible study with some high school dudes at the church that I was interning at near the college campus. And during this Bible study, my phone started to buzz a lot. And I usually don't check my phone during Bible study, but it was at this time I was like, man, something's wrong. Like someone's really trying to get a hold of me. And I checked my text messages to find that my neighbor was trying to notify me to let me know that there's an ambulance at my mom's house, my mom's apartment. And so I tried to get in touch with my mom, couldn't get in touch with her, tried to get in touch with my family, couldn't get in touch with them. And so I was, you know, worried, obviously. And so went, sat back in my dorm, just waiting for an update and got a call from my aunt's phone number, but it wasn't my aunt on the other side of the phone. It was a nurse, Nurse Catherine. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, Nicholas, I said, this is he. She said, where are you right now? I said, I'm in Virginia. You know, she expected me to say I'm down the street or something. I said, I'm in Lynchburg, Virginia. I'm 12 hours away from Pensacola. And she said, you need to leave right now. I said, what's going on? She said, your mom's had a massive heart attack. She may not make it through the night. And so I knew in that moment I needed to get down to Pensacola. I was worried, but I was more determined to get down to see her. But I had two problems. Obviously, number one, my mom's had a massive heart attack. But number two, I'd sold my car to pay for college. So I had no car to leave like right now with. And so I knew the first person that I saw in my dorm was going to Pensacola, Florida. And that guy was Bryce. And he, oh man, what an awesome guy. And he was willing to, to drive with me down to Pensacola. And we went down there, hightailing it down. And that night held so many situations. But two that stand out to me are this, is that we got it right outside of Atlanta, which is about six hours away uh, from Pensacola, Florida, from Virginia. And I got a call 
from a doctor. At this point, I really didn't know how serious the situation was. I knew she had a heart attack, but I didn't know it was like... I guess I just didn't understand the severity of what that meant. And so I got a call from a doctor, and he basically said, Nick, I have to ask you a question. I said, yeah, well, you know, shoot, what's what's up? He said, your mom's gone into cardiac arrest five times since she's been here. I said, cardiac arrest? Like, what? Like, where your heart stops beating? And he said, yes. He said, six times we've had to we've had to practice CPR on her, you know, with the charges and, and revive her. And I was, you know, in shock. And he says, but Nick, I have to ask you a question. I said, okay. He said, if she goes into cardiac arrest the sixth time, do you want us to revive her? And I was like, probably what you're thinking right now as you're listening, well, duh. Why would I, why would I not want to revive my mom? That seems like the silliest question I've ever heard in my life. Of course I want to revive my mom. And he could tell by my answer that I didn't understand the question. And so he said, look, Nick, I don't think you understand. The more your mom goes into cardiac arrest and we revive her, the less quality of life she may have on the other side if she makes it through this. Meaning this, if your mom wakes up from this and she never has another another cardiac arrest, she will not be the mom that you remember her to be. She may not know your name. She will not be able to practice the things on a daily basis that you're used to her doing. You will have to take care of her, possibly uh, an assisted living facility. Like We're talking that this is very serious. And I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, you have to just tell me what to do. And he was like, look, Nick, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think your mom's going to make it. So if I were you, I'd want to see my mom one last time before she passes. He said, where are you? I said, I'm like five and a half, six hours away. And he said, I can't make you any promises, but I'll do my best. And so we hightail it going south on 85, and we are just moving as quickly as possible to Pensacola, Florida, and we get about two and a half hours away, and I get another call from a random number, and I know exactly what this is. It's a doctor, and he says, Nick, the sixth cardiac arrest happened, and we couldn't bring her back. I'm sorry. And I was destroyed in that moment, and we we stopped off at a hotel because we were exhausted. We left in the middle of the night, and it was... The most horrible thing I've ever experienced. My mom was everything to me. It was just her and I the whole way through. And we stopped at this hotel and I cried and I wept. Didn't sleep at all. But one thing I do remember was the sun started to peak up in the morning. And all I could think about was this thought, like this strange thought of the sun. And all I could think of was this statement. The sun still comes up. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how grave it looks, the sun still comes up. And that for me was a wake-up call from God to know like, hey, in the midst of misery, I am good. And I have a plan for you even though you are in pain. And so fast forward throughout that week, we did the funeral, all the hard things that come with losing a loved one. And I knew I knew I knew that I needed to finish what I started when it came to school, when it came to God's calling on my life to be a pastor. So I went back. I finished that sophomore year, which was not easy. But God got me through it. I went back, finished my junior year, and then even secured a position at Second Baptist where I'm at right now uh, through an internship and then eventually obviously morphed into a full-time position that it is today. And, you know, I'm I'm not explicitly glad about all the things that have happened to me, but 
I've learned so much, and specifically, I've learned that God's goodness and plan prevails in even the worst of situations. You need to know this. You need to know this, that we serve a God who is in the business of using bad circumstances for great purposes. He has and continues in my life to leverage and overcome the losses for better things than I ever could have imagined. I hope this episode helped you out and provided you tons of clarity and encouragement. If so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. It helps more than you know. Until next time.